You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, we're start 4-1 and one in season 2020. Yeah, buddy oath, it's a great start to the season, mate. I'd take that any day of the week. Unfortunately, we lost to Carlton, but to get it back against Collingwood and obviously get the win against North, very happy with that. Take those points and put them in the bank. Yeah, and important to note, we've definitely got a game in hand. So we, uh, you know, if we had played Melbourne and won, we could very much find ourselves on top of the ladder. Mm, absolutely. So that's the really exciting part of it, like to you know be sitting on fourth of the fourth of the ladder as it stands right now with that game in hand. Very promising start to the season, and let's hope we go on with it. Yeah. So what did you take out of last night's game? Well. I thought that um, you know we had a lot more of the ball and we just couldn't put those goals through the sticks, especially early. You know, uh, Townsend missing a few, and you know, just felt we didn't take our chances early. But the team was strong enough to hold on for the whole match. Yeah, I think you're right there. Like to me, while the boys were sort of up and about, we just didn't seem uh, really on song early. So. To me, it was it was a, it was a game where we really grounded out, which is actually quite promising. I mean, we've seen games in the past where if we weren't on song from the first bounce, we've just sort of let those contests slip away. But this is one where we just stuck with them all game. But um, you know, for me, like if I go through the quarters, Jamin, it'd be interesting to get your input to see if you sort of same sort of the same things. It was interesting, like with McDonald getting into Shield early. Obviously, Shields had like a great season and McDonald was obviously put on him as a tagger to stifle his influence on the game. But I thought it was actually good that Shield didn't back down and, and still looked to get dangerous for us. And when McDonald, you know, gave him that free outside 50, like right on the boundary there, I actually really liked that Shield had a ping at the goals. Look, he, he didn't go through and, you know, he kicked it out on the full, but I thought it showed real intent and, um, Actually, you know, while he, he definitely didn't get a lot of the ball early on in the match, I thought it was good that he, he it wasn't a challenge he was going to back down from. Yeah, well, McDonald's definitely was into him early, and you could tell from the first bounce, you know, the arms are starting to wrap around. This is where I get a little bit frustrated with the umpires. Like, if we can see it, you know, watching from a TV screen, and they're right there, you can see which player's intent on winning the ball. And which player has uh, intent only to stop the other player? Now, if they're doing that legally, that's fine. But I could see very early in the piece, McDonald's had his arms wrapped around him. And this is where the umpires, if they want the game to be more free-flowing and we want our stars to shine, you can't allow that. And I'd love to see the umpires, any of those holding threes, just pay them early and see if it kind of detracts from that you know, poor play of just you know, trying to shut down the opposition. Like, obviously, we've got taggers ourselves, so I'm not saying take tagging out of the game, but make them do it fairly because, as I said, it's just so obvious that McDonald's intent was only on shield. Yeah, he definitely played the man, not the ball. But look, in saying that, I am proud of the Bombers in that they they didn't like they didn't play um, and and sook about free kicks that should have been there or shouldn't have been there. Because as I've sort of mentioned earlier, you know, you know the umpires are very, very rarely like I've 
I've not really seen it myself, kind of change their decision because someone sooks it. Oh, I should have got a free kick there. So you you play by the whistle, you you play at the ball. So I think that positive mindset about controlling the controllables uh, is is really good. And look, another thing to come out of that first quarter, James, I thought it was really promising. Zacharakis um, got a couple of touches early, a um, couple of handballs, and had that shot in, shot on goal on his left. Look, it hit the post, but I thought that, like again, like I'll bring, bring it back to that word intent. He has been down on form last few weeks, and look, both of us were uh, calling for him to be dropped. Um, and I think it's uh, great that, like a senior player in Zaharakis uh, wanted to stamp his authority and say, no, I'm I'm still a good player in this game. I'm still at the level and let me demonstrate why I'm still in this side. So, you know, while he um, you know, didn't get those goals early, getting those early possessions definitely got him involved in the game. And we just saw as the game continued to evolve, uh, he continued to get those, um, get those touches. And he got that goal, uh, you know, later on in the quarter, which is just great for us. And uh, in the end, he got, got the three goals, and we'll sort of talk about him a bit later. And I thought his goals were actually all really important. I mean, obviously kicking three goals in a in a game where we only got, uh, what, nine or ten. Um, yeah, nine goals. So uh, very big for him and, um, yeah, wrapped that he found some form. Yeah, 100%. And, like, you know, importantly to note that uh, whilst we may have been a bit dismayed by David's form. Uh, I think we both agree that if David's playing his best football or, or near his best football, Essendon's a better side with him. So uh, it was great to see that you know, he, he found a bit of form and a bit of touch. And you know, on a wet, dewy night, um, now when I want to say wet, it wasn't wet as in rain, but all the players commented how wet the ball was just um, you know from the dew on top of the grass. So um, yeah, great to see David back in form. And as I said, uh, you know, when you kick three goals in a low-scoring game, that really is like gold. So well done to David for bouncing back. Yeah, I, I did want to reflect on a couple of um, negatives from from that first quarter, though. Like, you know, Ridley, uh, Ridley rather, he's he's our best kick by far in the club. But that kick uh, from Ridley, that look, he was obviously going for Hibbard. Um, but it went straight to the North player in the end. He just strolled into an easy goal. Like, that was really disappointing. Like, Ridley really does have great game sense generally. And that was just a situation where he might have tried to bite off more than he can chew. Um, and I'm sure he'll, he'll learn from that. Um, but, I mean, even uh, a bit later on when, you know, the ball was just skied up in the air in our forward 50 and Tipper just basically stood out of the stood out of the way and watched the North player take an easy grab. That was really disappointing. Like I'm sure Tipper was probably thinking, "Geez, I'm going to get crunched here." But those are the moments where you, you have to go. Um, you know, if you you might copper, you know, an, an errant knee or an elbow or or something like that, but you have to contest the footy. So I just thought, you know, just little glimpses like that. It showed we were, we just looked a bit off in the opening minutes of the first quarter. But, um, yeah, definitely glad we um, we continued to grind and, and didn't let those instances um, sort of let us let us down. And and for mine, James, you know, really, uh, North had all the run in that quarter. 
and as you sort of mentioned, like some of the frees that North were getting were pretty outrageous. Um, even that one where they called advantage when there was clearly no advantage for us. Um, but look, we were we were the beneficiaries of some red time goals in this game. So you know when when Langford got that free uh, at the end of the first quarter and slotted it beautifully, it kept us within a kick. And I thought that was really important for us to just keep keep engaged with North. Um, you know that first break. Yeah, I thought uh, Ridley was um, yeah that kick obviously was off, but it. It was great to see that he it didn't um, lower his confidence. Like he still was happy to get the ball, and he you know directed the footy so well on the night. And yeah, he made one mistake, but he didn't um, he didn't let that live with him. If you know what I mean, like he yeah yep. he kept didn't drop his head. Yeah, he just kept playing. So um, and you know the the players were still looking to him as much as ever. So um, and I think he would have learnt from that. You know, he he did try a bit of a stab past and um you know it just showed like Atley's a very quick player and um you know you've got to know your opposition and Atley was always going to beat Hibbard uh, if the ball was just out in front of them so um that was an important play for North but as I said um it didn't detract Ridley from you know going for his kicks and so forth um the other one was yeah I agree with you with the tipper one um it was so obvious like it wasn't just so I wasn't critical of just Tipper then. Um, no, I no. felt it was a few Essendon players that kind of just stayed off the pack. And as you said, we've got to contest those. You can't let uh, easy ball out of the out of your forward line. You know you work so hard to get the ball into your forward line, and then you know obviously you want to keep it stuck in there, um, and to let it just rebound out very quickly. Uh, can be can hurt, but as I said, uh, the way we held on, and you know, um, at one stage North looked like they were getting out in front because we just didn't take our opportunities early, but we fought back and got back to lead before quarter time. Yes, uh, yeah, it's good, and yeah, again, that that classy goal from Langford was excellent. And look, as the second quarter opened up, it was great to see Parrish in the centre. Um, you know, he got the clearance out and. Got that kick in, into the forward line to Townsend, and like it was a good grab. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't kick it, and you know he missed a few easy ones. You know that he'd normally kick. He's usually a bit of a dead eye dick, but um, now look, he didn't kick it. But it was just a good bit of play, and yeah, again, like it just showed like why everyone's been calling for Parish to go into the midfield because he is such a a good clearance player. Like he picks the ball off his shoelaces, no worries. Got lightning hands and does look to get dangerous. Yeah, uh, it was great to see Parrish given his opportunity. We've been calling for it for a while, and um, he got a prolonged time in there on the night. And yeah, I thought he was in our best for sure, and he played very well. And um, just the way he tackles as well, like for a little bloke, he he really hunts to to tackle, and that's a really good strength of a midfielder. Yeah, definitely, and I think. Um, I think it was Cal Toomey tweeted that at the half half time siren, Parrish had been played more midfield, had nineteen possessions, uh, four tackles, and um, was looking really damaging. So I'd be interested. I might even watch the game again to see um, 
you know, if he his role changed in that second half because he only got another couple of uh, touches for the game, but uh, I thought he he definitely stayed in the contest all all day. But um, yeah, just great to see him uh, get that opportunity and take it with both hands. And look, there was a there was a few instances in that quarter, Jane, where you know some some players really needed to um, to kick the kick the goals they were given the opportunity like Snelling uh, running into that goal where you know he's on the run there was a good bit of play from Smack to Smith um, and then you know Townsend had a good uh, good chance a bit later after Smack you know took that big grab in the half forward line and delivered it beautifully uh, but again he missed and then later on Ham had a shot uh, and missed so like really we kept peppering, and it's it's good to see that uh, in that we were trying to take our chances. And I'd always much rather a player have a ping than get nervous around goal and not have the shot. Um, but we do need to clean up on our goal kicking, I'd say, and really hurt the opposition when we can and kick those ones that, um, you know, those players would, would kick it 9 out of 10 times, but obviously just a bit down on the night. Yeah, well, maybe we give him a little bit of out because of the ball. But as you say, some of the goals were, you know, Townsend, you know, by all reports, is one of our best kicks at goal. And he had one, as you said, about 30 metres out directly in front. Um, you know, and it, yeah, it did do a bit of an outswinger. But, um, you know, to miss that was disappointing, uh, especially after the good play to get it down there. So... Um, obviously, uh, Townsend a bit later in the game kicked a freak goal, yeah. And it's a bit perplexing, you know, when you see, yeah, you, know, you miss one from there and uh, thirty meters out directly in front, but then you can kick a goal like a banana bender, basically, um, on on the angle, uh, and the game, you know, to ice the game with all that pressure, and you can go back and drill it. So, um, yeah. It's definitely a mindset sometimes, and obviously not saying that he wasn't trying to kick the goal, but I think you've got to really focus and you know make the most of your opportunities, especially with Towns, and he he doesn't get many opportunities a game. You know he's he's been averaging five or six dispos- uh, disposals a game, so um, yeah, for him if he can walk away with two or three goals, that's a huge effort. But um. Yeah, he walks away with one goal, but um, and I said it was a really important one. He did kick, but those other two, if they had been added to his, uh, you know, he he pocket. Uh, obviously, he plays a, a much stronger role in the team. But uh, yeah, I did like his intent on the night with his tackling, and he was playing a defensive role too. He's playing on Tarrant, mm. um, yep. so yeah, Robbie Tarrant uh, certainly. Looked like he wasn't enjoying uh, the attention Townsend was paying him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like there was a couple of times where, uh, he, like Townsend really lined him up and uh, yeah, just just smashed him. Um, and he'd done that with a few players, like just just that real intent to to hurt when he was tackling blokes. So he's um, definitely uh, doing well there. And like even like in Tipper's interview after the game, like Tipper uh, sort of mentioned that it's great to have someone who, who loves the tackle and uh, just shows that real intensity at the ball uh, down there. So he's obviously a well-loved player by the club and um, he's uh, really good to see. And 
Yeah, look, I, one one player I wanted to get your opinion on, Jane, was was Marty Gleeson. I mean, we know how uh, how damaging he can be. Like a couple of years ago, his his run out of the halfback was just brilliant, and he does look for the damaging kick uh, to cut through lines. Uh, and we know he can read the place so well, but I just thought he wasn't really backing himself still. So there was a few instances, particularly in that second quarter, where where you know North kept peppering into our forward fifty, and Gleeson's gone for you know a double fisted punch, and one of them, like he definitely really should have marked it, but the ball went straight to North, and Pollock got a shot on goal. Like luckily he missed it, but you know when if you can take the grab, like I don't understand why you double fist punch. Like if you can get two fists to it, like you should be taking the grab. But how did you read? Uh, that Jane. Yeah, well, as I said, we know he's working back into the senior team. I think it's his second game in a long time. You know, obviously uh, missed a lot of the back end of last year. Um, I think the club like having him in the side. Um, in terms of, yeah, as you say, he can provide some run, and he he's quite rangy. He can play on you know tall, taller players than him, uh, despite his lack of body size. Uh, he's quite crafty. Uh, with the positioning of himself. But um, as I said, he knows that Mason Redmond would dearly love his spot on the ground. So it's something that he has to do to, um, you know, to improve his, you know, that decision-making is so important. Um, and as I said, that one that he knocked back towards Pollock, you know, as you said, it was lucky that he missed. But, um, yeah, I, I think we've... Uh, Marty, he's working into the side, so you probably get some grace. But I don't know how long they're going to leave Mason Redmond out. And yeah, I, I definitely feel Mason Redmond would definitely want his spot. Yeah, definitely. And look, we'll talk about the the scratch match later because uh, you know, having watched the highlights of that, Mason definitely looks uh, like a man on a mission out to prove a point. Um, and yeah. Looks like it wasn't an injury thing because he seemed to move uh, quite fine. So he'd be definitely pushing to get back into the into the senior side. Um, but look, uh, in that quarter game, um, so we obviously we had those missed shots at goal, but Zaka kicked kicked an absolute ripper. Yeah, you know, after we'd been peppering and controlling the play for large parts of that quarter, and then he hit up Lav after a sneaky backward handball from Tipper got us going forward and. And Lav kicked an absolute ripper after sort of missing one, you know, earlier where he'd taken a great mark going back with a flight of the ball. Uh, so he hit the post there, but yeah, kicked the ripper on this occasion. And that stretched our lead to 10 points at half time. So I thought it was great to see that like Lav kept in the contest and, um, you know, took that opportunity, had a couple of shots at goal. Because uh, that's, that's really what I like to see where he can just develop his confidence, which I think for him... He does seem like one of those like confidence players. If he's not in the game early, um, he has drifted out uh, in some occasions. So I thought it was great. He he just really had a will to get in the contest, and yes, um, it was good to end that that half ten points up. Yeah, I love the energy from Lav after he kicked that goal. Um, like obviously he's happy to kick the goal, but I thought it was yeah it would have been inspiring to be around him with, as a player. Um, you know, he gave the big yell and, you know, the players really flocked to him and 
you know, who knows that what that does to player psyche, but it, I like that he was trying to generate some enthusiasm and you know, we've seen Jake Stringer do that in the past and you know, the players seem to love that. So, um yeah, I, I really thought Lav again, he's another one who just needs continuity in the um in the game. Um you know, at the moment we're, we're very sli- uh, small down forward. Uh, you've really got McKernan and a host of mid-range players like in Townsend and Laverde. Um, so, you know, what we do to address that going forward will be interesting. Who knows how far Joe Danaher's away? Um, and you know, I, I saw Stewart played a bit of that, a bit of time in that scratch match, but. Obviously, I don't know if the club will be ready to go with him next week. Um, so, yeah, structure-wise, at the moment, it looks like it's Laverty and McKernan. So, um, yeah, those two have to work really hard to stay involved in the game. Yeah, well, as as they went off for half-time, there was a bit of uh, a bit of push and shove there, Jamie, and I thought it, like it was really poor form from McDonald from North. I uh, don't know if you saw it, but... Um, he was getting into McKenna and then he sort of put his mouth up to his face as if like, you know, like a coronavirus um, sort of taunt there. It was really reminiscent of of Mitchell doing the jab in the arm um, back in the saga days against us. And I thought it was really poor form um, from McDonald there. Like he had played well on Shield like it, and really stifled his influence. And I thought that was a really weak effort. Um, from him, particularly considering like coronavirus has um, you know, had massive impact on the world and how we've all been able to live our lives over the last four months. So for something like that, um, I thought it was really disappointing. Like, did you see that one, Jane? Yeah, I did. And um, obviously, I didn't know the backstory to it. You know, obviously saw the scuffle, but I, I didn't. I missed the actual. Um, reference to the coronavirus until after the game that was mentioned and then when i reviewed the the footage yeah you could definitely see that he definitely held his um hand above his face as if to say yeah i need to wear a mask around you um and i was just yeah as i said that was yeah i don't know why players to me that's like almost like a political message and um, I know the AFL really disliked that. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure uh, Luke McDonald may find himself on the end of a fine. Um, I don't think they'll want that kind of uh, referencing. And as you say, it's a really serious condition. You know, people are losing their lives and another person died today. And, you know, it's not something to be taken in jest. And even though we think footy's the be-all and end-all, um, you know, let's face it. Uh, some things are bigger than football and you know people's lives is probably part of that yeah definitely but yeah look uh going into the third quarter jane um like we got some good ball going early um <laughs> look i just wish smack had taken that mark uh from mcgrath like mcgrath hit him up perfectly um you know drew him to the ball and a goal really would have helped us opening up that third quarter because north were really bringing a lot of pressure um, and again, you know, Hibbard missed the mark uh, in the back line, and really, North North should have strolled into another another one. But you know, they decided to get a bit flary, and 
uh, try to kick one around the body when they really could have just walked into the goal square. Um, so luckily they missed. Um, but look, then, you know, that was one of those ones where we were the beneficiaries because Zaka got it down the other end and he kicked a classy uh, classy snap through the big sticks for his third goal. So uh, that was a really uh, promising uh, start to the third quarter for us. And um, and I thought after there was a bit of a injury scare on Shield at that halftime break, like he went went down to the rooms and got checked out by the physios and um, had to get re-strapped. Um, and so obviously it was late coming on into that third quarter. I thought he really started to get into the game. So, um, look, I, I think that bump uh, on Curtis Taylor will definitely get looked at, and I, I reckon he might even cop a week for it. But I think it showed great physical intent, and he really uh, did try to get more involved uh, in the game. Yeah, did you hear Brad Johnson? I want to point this out. Uh, he was really critical of Dylan Shield after the game, and was calling on him to get three to four weeks. Now, Brad Johnson, not the strongest player I've ever seen play, especially in terms of physicality. Um, and he, to me, like it's like he looked up the fixture and said, oh, the Bulldogs have got the Bombers. Um, oh, let's try and rub out their best player. I thought it was really poor form the way that he really went after uh, Dylan after the game. Uh, and to me, like, yeah, he may get a week because he did... Um, bypass the ball for the player and the AFL has come out and said if you make that decision then you have to wear the consequences luckily for Dylan um, the player continued uh, so when he continued uh, I think he played 17 minutes of the last quarter so there was obviously no concussion and obviously no fracture or break in the in the jaw but uh, it's something that you know every player has to take responsibility for is if you choose to bump, then you also have to choose to cop the consequences of that bump. So uh, let's hope for Dylan's sake um, they assess this favourably for the Bombers and Dylan's free to play next week. But as you said, there's usually a theme and I think you know with the Ben Long one earlier in the day on Sean Darcy, might be an opportunity for the AFL to start saying, right, this is what happened to these two blokes who didn't look after, the, uh, look for the footy. They went for the player first, and this is the punishment they've received. So we all know the AFL's scripted in many ways, um, and I think sometimes they drive the narrative by um, sending out messages through decisions. Yeah, but no, look, let's let's hope they, uh, yeah, they get it. They show a bit of leniency in in Shield's case because I think yep, while he did go the bump, the ball was in the immediate vicinity. So um, we'll see how it all plays out. But um, yeah, look, um, if we continue on through that third quarter, it was great to see Langford kick that goal. Um, look, we'd had plenty of the footy, but our forward fifty entries were were pretty woeful, uh, in my humble opinion. So that goal from Langford helped stretch our lead to 13. Um, and then, unfortunately, North got a couple of dodgy frees. They missed one, but when Higgins socked one through to cut the lead to just six, um, yeah, it was just real disappointing because we'd, we'd fought so hard but just didn't take our opportunities when we could. 
But then, look, you know, great goal to Snelling after some really great pressure uh, from Parrish and Tipper in the dying stages of the third quarter. So, again, we got another red time goal, uh, and our lead was out to 12 points again. And and we maintained that when uh, Saad made a, a ripping goal-saving smother to deny North a kick, kick a goal. So, um, yeah, I thought it was great we just ground out that quarter yet again. Yeah, it was really pleasing. Uh We've uh, been the victims of red time goals in the past, but uh, I think in, for, in the first three quarters uh, we got a goal right on the edge of the uh, of that quarter. So um, it was good, pleasing to see that three quarters in a row where we had the last uh, last laugh, so to speak. So that was really pleasing. And as you say, Sard's defensive pressure, I thought he was fantastic on the night, and yeah, that smother. Really reminiscent of, you know, the way that he's got that desperation to do everything for the Bombers down back. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Mr. Dependable yet again. Uh, he's just such a great player for us and, yeah, love his, love his work. Um, and again, he was he was really damaging, you know, taking a few bounces and cutting some lines uh, through north in the middle of the ground to get the ball going forward for us, so... Yeah, another great game from him. Yeah, so going to the fourth quarter, James, I thought Ridley was really big for us. So he took a couple of really, really important intercept marks and kicked beautifully, often to Ham, I saw there. And we, we mentioned last week Ham's run, particularly in the fourth quarter, was really important. Uh, he just kept going all game. And while he didn't have a massive game himself, I thought that link-up play between Ridley and Ham, like and we know Ham's a, a good user of the footy himself, uh, was really promising. And then Phillips took a massive grab, uh, like out on the, uh, I think it was out in the centre of the ground there. But we just couldn't capitalise, but it was still really promising to see. And look, Phillips didn't have the, the greatest game. I've, I thought, um, yeah, you know, uh, Goldstein really took him to the cleaners, but uh, the fact that he kept at the contest and kept running around all game uh, was still really promising. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Goldstein definitely won the battle. Uh, and as I said to you last week, we, we would ha- hated to see Phillips drop, but I would have thought in some ways Bell Chambers was more suited to play on a Goldstein. Um, whereas I think Phillips is definitely going to be needed this week playing on an English uh, because he's so mobile. You wouldn't want Bell Chambers on uh, English because we saw the result of that last year when we got lost by about 100-odd points against the Bulldogs. And um, I hope the players are thinking about that at the back of their mind coming up to this week because you know, we, we definitely owe them after that bad performance last year. But, yeah, I, I thought Phillips, yeah, he he did um, get beaten. Uh, but as you said, he one thing he does have is that uh, whenever you saw Goldstein, at least Phillips was in the same picture. If, and by that, I mean like he was definitely trying to harass him and stay in the contest. It wasn't like he just disappeared forward or whatever. So, um, as I said, Goldstein's a top echelon ruckman, probably in the top three. Um, with, you know, Gorn, Grundy and himself. So, yeah, and I just thought that that was really, uh, you know, we had to be in the contest, and you know Phillips was kind of indicative of that. And the thing about Ham that you sent mentioned earlier, like 
as I said, he's one of the top uh, ranked uh, running players in the draft. Like his stamina is really strong, and um, I'm not surprised he's having these big last quarters for us because you know once he learns and gets a little bit more size on his body, yeah, you know, I think he can be a really you know really important midfielder for us. Yeah, definitely. And look, as a as a quarter went on, we we kept peppering and. It was it was uh, yeah disappointing again. Dev Smith missed that goal uh, after some really good play from our smalls. I thought, um, and like to be honest with you, uh, the first quarter and a half, I honestly forgot Dev Smith was was playing and because he didn't see much, but he really got into the game as it wore on. He ended up having about twenty three disposals, believe it or not, Jamin uh, played really well. So he would have loved to have kick that goal but look didn't get it um and then you know as uh as the quarter wore on and the pressure really started to build it was great to see Townsend take that nice sliding mark right in the pocket and uh take his full measure of time just to you know uh a bit of a release valve for us to you know reset have a bit of a rest um which was important but then you know, after missing the goals all game, which you normally would have, um, you know, penciled him in for, he kicked an absolute beauty Stevie J style just around the body. And that had us 20 points up with five minutes 40 to go. And that ended up being the sealer. So that was uh, that was really promising to see that he didn't drop his head. He kept pushing at the ball all game. And yeah, to, to kick that goal, I'm sure it would have given him and, and everyone else in the forward line a lot of confidence in what they're building there. Yeah, that was a fantastic goal. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Uh, I remember uh, Paddy Ryder was one who could bend the ball like that, uh, sometimes even from 40 metres out. But, um, yeah, that was really pleasing to see Townsend kick that one. And as I said, he he owed us one almost. Like So um, I'm glad he squared the ledger because that was the match winner. And you know, it was a great kick. And as I said, his defensive work doesn't go unnoticed, but it's doesn't show up that pretty on the stats so uh, as long as we understand that you know we're not going to expect you know much more than uh, 10 possessions a game from him uh, what we do expect is that intensity to tackle and so forth and if he can come away with one or two goals each game he's going to be a very valuable forward pocket style player for us yeah definitely and look so obviously we ended up uh, running out the game um yeah, by the 14 points in the end, so nine goals, 13, 67 to the Roos, seven goals, 11, 53. But I just wanted to go through some of the stats, James, and um, I think it's really interesting because, you know, I, I certainly got the uh, the feeling we, we controlled the ball a lot more, uh, but we just weren't able to capitalise as, as fully as we were able. And don't get me wrong, North weren't able to capitalise on their opportunities either, so we were very lucky in that sense. But... Like in terms of disposal, so uh, we ended up having, uh, you know, about 60 odd more disposals than North, so 340 to 279. Um, so we definitely had more of the pill, but other than that, everything was pretty even. So, um, you know, kicks about the same. We had a lot more handballs, so 160 to 95, and that almost makes up that difference in the in the uh, disposal count in the end. So, uh, you know, it had been commented earlier 
that we've gone more of a handball-focused game, and I think it's more about having smarter use of the footy as opposed to what North were doing, which was just bombing it down the line in hope, more or less. And that definitely played into our hands because our defenders have obviously been so solid all year. We just saw, you know, Hurley, Ridley, Saad, McKenna were all able to mop up that ball and get us going back our way. So uh, that was really pleasing to see that we used our strengths to best benefit there. But it's it still remains um, that our efficiency um, going forward still needs to be cleaned up a bit. Um, and even inside 50s, it was it was pretty similar. Like North North had more. It was 47 to 43 to us. Um, so not not huge, but um, again, it was it was good to see we uh, we made better use of uh, of the ball because when you look at efficiency inside 50. Uh, we had 65.1% to North's 40.4, which is a massive deficiency to North. Um, and I'm glad we we uh, seem to make better use of it. Yeah, North, um, I thought uh, Ben Brown's role on the night was quite strange for them. Ben Brown's got a history of uh, burning us a little bit. And I, I love that he was searching for the footy, you know, up right up to the wing searching for those marks that he can get at one out. Um, and I, every time I saw him take one up there, I thought, beauty, take your marks up there, Ben. Uh, you know, we don't want you to, um, being a target. And, yeah, I found it strange. North didn't really go to him much at all. And, you know, Hooksy did a great job. And we thought Hooksy would get that match up. And, uh, yeah, Ben Brown must be out of form and North must have lost a little bit of confidence because in the past they've tried to isolate him and he's been a real damaging player, especially against us. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's another one where we we won out there. Like Hooker, Hooker played him really well. He's he's such a clever player, Hooker. And uh, again, James, I think the uh, the coaches and Hooker have been proven right there. He's, he's such a great defender. And if our... Forward line can work enough that we don't need him to swing down there. He's um, so great for us to have down there. Another thing I want to talk about is, um, so one thing we've really stepped up this year is our, our pressure and particularly our um, our tackles. So we had 66 tackles to North's 53 in that game, uh, which I thought was uh, really promising again. I mean, we showed um, that tackling pressure against Collingwood, uh, which I thought was a big reason that um, we were able to get away with a win there because if you're a, a opposition player with the ball and you know that tackling pressure is always around the ball, you're going to rush your kicks. And again, you know, we saw North do that, like I said before, where they were just bombing it down the line and our defenders were able to pick it up. You know, if we give them time to lower their eyes and uh, deliver it uh, better, perhaps to a Ben Brown, uh, it makes our defenders' lives a lot harder. So I'm really happy with this uh, intensity to to tackle the ball and um, you know with blokes like Dev Smith and Townsend really making them pay when they do tackle them. It's uh, certainly a sight for sore eyes for us Bombers supporters where we definitely have lacked that that harder edge uh, in the contest. Yeah, well we know North Melbourne despise us, uh, and uh, I loved. Devin Smith's quote after the, <laughs> you know, being interviewed and uh, 
he said, oh, North have got a big rivalry against us, but uh, it's, to us, it's just another game. And I thought, yeah, that probably speaks about it the most, is that, you know, North have got this hatred for us. And, um, you know, they, you know, apparently they don't mention our names. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, Dev was basically schooling him a bit and saying, uh, you can have all the hate you like, but to us, we're just taking the four points. Thanks very much. Definitely nice. It's great to see. Well, let's have a break. And when we come back, we'll go over our Don's cast medal votes. And uh, it'll be very interesting because, uh, again, there were some good players on the night and probably some will miss out. But let's go to our votes after the break. the Don's cast and our regular feature of the Don's cast medal votes. Mate, why don't you start us for your best five players on the ground? Yeah, no worries, James. So this one was again, I personally found it a bit difficult because while we had a lot of the the ball, there weren't really that many standout players, like in terms of one player taking the game by the scruff of the neck. It was another really good team effort. So there were plenty of good contributors on the night where Really, there's a number of players that could have got votes uh, that uh, that missed out, so that will be the honourable mentions. But um, no, nah, in terms of the votes, for me, so I've just taken it off what I saw as um, those players who had the biggest impact on the game. Um, so for mine, for the one vote, I gave to Darcy Parrish. I thought he was uh, really big for us. It was great to see him get some time in the midfield, as we mentioned before. Ended up with 21 disposals, six tackles, and I thought his pressure around the footy was just great all game. So one vote to him. Uh, Two votes I gave to David Zaharakis. As we've sort of mentioned previously, it was great to see him get some form, and he really tried to make his mark on the game, which he definitely did. You know, he kicked three goals and had two more shots, which, um, you know, normally you might have kicked those, but um, I thought it was just great intent for him to uh, just have those shots a goal. Like sometimes when you're down on confidence, you won't take those shots because you don't feel uh, confident. But he had those shots and to kick yeah, three goals in a in a low-scoring match really uh, where we only got the nine goals was really good. So 20 disposals and three goals, uh, good game from Zaka. The three votes I gave to Andy McGrath. I thought he was really big for us. Like he, he, he got he racked up the most disposals for us, so twenty five, um, which was good in that he gave a release option all the time, particularly down back. He's he's actually quite a defensive minded midfielder, which is is excellent for us. We really haven't had that for quite a long time. So I thought he was um, big, and while you know his disposals might not have hurt North uh, all the time. He's such a classy player, makes good decisions, and uh, yeah, I thought his 25 disposals and eight tackles uh, was was really big for us. Um, the four votes I gave to Saad. Um, again, he's, he's run and carry through the middle, his defensive acts. He's just such a reliable player, and um, yeah... I just I just love seeing him out there. He's always got that real intensity about not wanting to be beaten. 
which is fantastic. And I thought he's 20 disposals, two tackles, and just his ability to, to get a fist in and kill the ball when needed was really big. But for my five votes, I couldn't go past Jordan Ridley. He's really developing as a really important player for us. And, you know, his decision-making, look, apart from that that stuff up in the first quarter where he basically coughed it up to Atley, um, I thought he was fantastic. So 18 disposals. He um, He's pinpoint passing. Um, and there was a contest out on the wing uh, in the second or third quarter, I remember, where he just, he left his man to, uh, you know, affect the, the contest and punch the ball out because otherwise North were going to get a run forward. Uh, so he, he you know, made the big punch. And, uh, yeah, I thought he's just su- such a smart player. And as I said, he's really developing into a, a great backman for us. So, uh, yeah, I gave him the five votes because I thought he really made a difference and stood up, uh, particularly when, when North were, were peppering uh, the forward line there. So how about yourself, mate? How did you read it? Oh, it's funny. I picked the same five players as you, just in a little bit of different order. So uh, we must have both been on sync <laughs> when we uh, did these. So I'm just learning of your votes now. So um, my vote is, uh, yeah, one vote to Darcy Parrish. Uh, I thought he was really key for us in terms of getting the ball out when Dylan Shield was being blanketed. And, um, you know, he kept us in the contest early and, um, you know, his tackling ferocity was really pleasing to see also. Um, he did die out of the game in terms of possession rate, but, um, yeah, I thought he was really important early and, you know, got some minutes in the midfield. So I think overall it's going to be a really good uh, development tool for his game to have those midfield minutes, especially uh, when we couldn't rely on Dylan and to a lesser extent, Zach Merritt, who had a fairly quiet night. He might have racked up a few possessions, but he just wasn't his normal self. So we needed some players to step up, and we saw McGrath and we saw Parrish do that. So my two votes went to Andy McGrath. And, yeah, he, he was really good. And, you know, 25 possessions, eight tackles. As you said, his defensive mindness is really important. Um, he, he doesn't let his opponent beat him very often. And... If he does get beaten, it's not through lack of effort. So I think, again, he he was had a good night. The only reason I didn't give him more votes, maybe his uh, field kicking that wasn't that damaging on the night, you know, being a wet, dewy night. But, no, I thought his work rate just can't be questioned and he had a good game. So two to Andy McGrath. I'll go three to David Zaharakis. Uh, yes, he didn't have high possession game, but... He was very important in those kicking those goals, and some of those goals were quite tricky, and he, he has slotted them through. And as you said, he could have kicked five on the night. A couple of the misses, you know, I've seen him kick before, but I just thought it was a really welcome return to form. And uh, as I said, Essendon's a better team when David's playing good football, so good to see him bounce back. Four votes I gave to Jordan Ridley. Yeah, some of his mark, he really backs his marking. I uh, saw a couple of times backing into contests and taking the mark or at least, you know, getting a fist in. So that was the knock on him early when he first started with us. Like, we all knew that he had a pretty damaging leg, but it was uh, 
for lack of a better word, his contest work was really questioned. Um, and I think the club's really developed him into what, you know, seeking that out now. So I think that's why we've seen this rapid improvement in him, is just the way that he works to get involved in the contest. And then, obviously, he's used as a release player. So yeah, Jordan really has been flying. And you'd think in the early stages of Essendon's best and fairest, he must be right up there because... As I said, he's having a great start to this year, and let's hope he continues. But I gave five votes to Adam Saad. I, I thought he was brilliant on the night. Um, you know, he he is so dependable. Uh, he provides so much run, and as I said, pleasingly, he knows when to get on the bike, and he actually sends through a lot of forward 50 entries, um, and that just shows that he's not getting the ball just down back, you know, chip it to me and then I'll chip it back to get his possessions up. He's actually winning those possessions off the back of beating his defender. And it makes, uh, sorry, it makes the attacking player really have to, you know, not go for, you know, going for the ball at the expense of just letting Saad run past. So he has to kind of double think as if to say, Right, if I get the ball, there's a chance I can get I can get past and kick a goal. But if I, you know, go to ground or anything like that, Saad's probably going to set up Essendon for a goal themselves. So, yeah, you know, it's always good when you've got a player that makes the defender, uh, sorry, makes the attacking player uh, mindful of that player's um, strengths. So Saad just stands out. So I gave five votes to Adam Saad. Beautiful. Yeah, no, definitely good. Uh... Good analysis of his game there. So, uh, look, if I tally up the votes, um, as of round six, so our fifth game, so it's good we've got that game in hand, as we mentioned earlier. So, look, uh, so we've got one vote to Hooker, uh, two each to Parrish and McKernan, three to Townsend, five each to Smith, Zaharakis and Phillips, seven to Merritt, nine to Stringer, 10 to Langford, 21 to McGrath, and then our top three are Ridley with 22, Shield with 26, and sitting pretty on top is Saad with 33 votes by the end of round six of the 2020 season. So it's really uh, shaping up to you know, show who our um, consistent contributors are, and it's actually good to see a... Um, you know, spread of players, they're all putting up their hand and wearing the sash with pride. Yeah, and we had a couple of uh, players enter the voting for the first time in Darcy Parrish and David Zaharakis. So, um, you know, one thing I must say, and it shows why, uh, you know, internally the club obviously do the selection and not the fans, a couple of times we called for players maybe to be, you know, sitting on the sidelines for games. Uh, they've found a way to get back into the votes the following week you call for them. And, you know, I, um, I can see why, you know, the club backs in these players because we can see their strengths when they have good games. Having said that, like, um, I, I think even Tim Watson was a bit perplexed by David's uh, selection on the night and he even mentioned Mason Redmond being omitted. He thought that was a strange decision himself. So if Tim Watson can critique the coaching, um, you know, 
and he he would be very mindful of what he says. Uh, I thought that was something that Tim will now probably have to come out and say, uh, yeah, they got it right. You know, the selection committee got it right because David had a great game. And who knows, it might fire up Mason Redmond um, to get back into the side. And who's, who's to say, he was only getting like the 10 possessions a game, wasn't he, the Redmond? Yeah. He was a bit down on possession rate. And as I said, he got beaten early against Jaden Stevenson. But uh, I mean... Um, if Mason Redmond comes back stronger for the experience of being dropped, uh, you know, might make Essendon even stronger. And as I said, players like Marty Gleeson and that have to fight and keep form to keep someone like Mason Redmond out. Well, that's our Don's Voice medals. Uh, after the break, we'll come back and we'll do our regular feature by the numbers. To John's cast, and our usual feature of By the Numbers continues. And we start with number one, Andy McGrath. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier in our votes, uh, another great game from Andy. Uh, got the 25 disposals, uh, eight tackles, 332 meters gained. So he's had a, a big game there as well, and just another great game from him. He's, he's really building and um, yeah, demonstrating. Why was our number pick, our number one pick, uh, those years ago, and just uh, a really reliable player for us? He speaks so well, doesn't he? I saw him interviewed after the game, and you know, he, as I said, I've said it so many times, but it's just true. I, he's going to captain us one day. There's nothing surer, and uh, yeah, he he just his work rate is fantastic, and as I said, uh, he, the way that he won't let his opponent beat him without hundred percent effort. Uh, is really pleasing, and it's something you hope that you know becomes a part of the culture at Essendon. Um, it's just by hey, if we get beaten, it's not through lack of effort, and uh, we're not going to drop our heads. And Andy McGrath really personifies that. So that was a really good game by Andy, and you know, there's not much more to say about him uh, other than uh, you know um, for all the criticism that we get sometimes about. Oh, you should have taken Tim Taranto or Hugh McCluggage. Uh, to me, uh, Andy McGrath, I'm very comfortable with that decision. Absolutely. Another player that got votes was Darcy Parrish. Uh, started the game red hot. How did you find him, mate? Yeah, he was fantastic. Uh, as we sort of mentioned earlier, we've got those opportunities in the midfield and it definitely showed dividends. So ended up with the 21 disposals, had six tackles, but, you know, he had seven clearances in the match, James. So he's really showing, hey, I'm a midfielder and I d- deserve the opportunity to play in the centre, which I think is fantastic. Um, so while he hasn't got his opportunities um, as much as we'd like to see this year, he hasn't dropped his head and he continues to bob up and say, this is why I'm a midfielder. And I thought he's, like, while his uh, possession rate dropped in the second half, he definitely kept his intensity around the footy. And I thought he was really important for us. And, you know, to have, you know, 300 metres gained uh, to go with his uh, possessions and, and tackles showed he uh, continues to push. And, um, you know, there's even a couple of big tackles there in the fourth quarter 
Uh, I think he even took down uh, Goldstein and then ran on to get the footy and pump it into a forward 50. So, yeah, I really like Parrish's game and uh, it's just great to see his development uh, going forward. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, I thought, you know, again, it was a really good uh, game for him. Yeah, he may have been a bit quieter in the second half, as we already mentioned, but um, it wasn't a gain through a lack of effort. It was, yeah, his tackling intensity was still there. And uh, that's the pleasing thing. I've been proud of Darcy in that he hasn't dropped his head when he hasn't got the minutes. He's stayed on the task. And, yeah, he's definitely a developing player for us that could definitely uh, one day be uh, in the top, you know, three or four midfielders of our team. So uh, I hope Darcy keeps pushing towards that and uses these years where he might not be getting as many minutes as he would like um, as as what Wisher would say, key to his learnings. So, <laughs> so um, let's hope that yeah, Darcy continues uh, with uh, a pretty good year so far, despite not having those midfield minutes. Kyle Langford, I thought he was pretty good on the night. Uh, you know, he did what he needed to do. He's played a bit out of dead man's land. And what I say that by that, the ball wasn't really coming down to his area much. But I'm almost confident now when he has a set shot for goal, he's you know, he's a pretty reliable kick. And yeah, How do you rate him, mate? Yeah, I've rated him um, yeah, pretty highly because... Look, while he didn't have a, a massive game, I thought he was really important for us, particularly in the first half. Um, he just played his role and it was really he stood up in those big moments. He kicked those couple of important goals for us. And again, you know, if you kick two goals in a game where we only get the nine, that's that's pretty big. And I think he's definitely developing and showing that he's got really improved game awareness from what he's shown previously. So I think he's actually developing into quite an important player for us. And look, I know like a lot of people, like Langford's been a bit of a whipping boy for some people. I've really enjoyed watching his development because you can show now he's got a bit more confidence in how he goes about it. And he's played some really important roles for us, uh, whether it's in the midfield or those bigger body players. Uh, if that, you know, if they get out, so like, you know, talking to, Crips or a Pendlebury, where I thought he's actually stifled their influence and, and had a bit himself. So I thought he was uh, good for us on the night without being outstanding. So, um, yeah, another good game from from Kyle Langford. Yeah, and probably something to discuss in the preview show, but he, he looks like the obvious matchup for Bontepalli, um on next game. So I think uh, Kyle might be assigned a task. Coming up, uh, Dev Smith. Uh, again, we mentioned him. It, it didn't look at, like early that he was getting a lot of the ball, but he ended up with twenty-three disposals. I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. And um, again, he he always brings that that intensity around the footy in the contest and willingness to tackle. So he uh, made the six tackles in the end and had two clearances himself, and twenty-three disposals, um, three hundred and forty-three meters gained. So he's had another very solid night. Um, would have loved to have kicked that that goal that forward. You know, we know he loves the goals, um, but 
he's just a class player and um, he's really, like we've mentioned it over the last couple of weeks, but he's really building into the season. He hasn't had those outstanding uh, games that we saw in the 2018 season, but he's uh, definitely building and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll never die wondering because he just throws himself at everything. So another great game from Dev. How do you see his game, mate? Yeah, well, it shows how much we missed him last year when he wasn't there. He's a real heartbeat player for us. Uh, you can see he's a leader, and he spoke after the game also, and he and said he made that comment about North seeing us as a big rivalry, but to us it's another big game. It's just another game. Um, to me, you know, that's a little bit of smugness by uh, Dev, and I, I like that about him. He, yeah, he really leads, uh, and I can see why he was added to the leadership group. As I said, we really missed him last year, and as I said, he he continues to lead by his actions. But uh, I think also he's a really good um, player in terms of being able to, um, you know, make defensive tackles, uh, staying in the contest, and as I said, you always see him in the. Bottom left of screen sometimes, you know, if he's not going to tackle them, he, he's going to get them just as they've released the ball. Like he just doesn't yeah. give up on the on the chase. So um, he's like a little terrier, and you know, I'm glad he's playing for the Bombers. Uh, player that I tipped out the most possessions uh, in our preview show, uh, Zach Merritt. He was another one. It's almost like Sheila Merritt was. Yeah, you know, not as damaging as what we'd come to expect. So I thought that was a pleasing thing for us as a team that we were able to win without big nights from them too. Um, what was uh, Zach Merritt's possession rate on the night? Yeah, so he only had the 18 disposals. But look, um, I think, you know, obviously he had that week off with the suspension. Uh, so coming back uh, probably wasn't firing as, as much as he has been previously. But as you say, like it was really good team effort. So while Sheil and Merritt weren't the ones uh, having that huge influence on the game, he did did remain involved in the contest and um, yeah, grinded out the game like everyone. Had a couple of tackles, so he kept his kept his pressure up around the footy all game. So um, well, definitely a, a pass mark for Zachy Merritt. Um, he'll continue to improve as the season goes along. So uh, definitely no concerns there and. Um, it's actually great to have him back on the side, and you know, particularly when it looks like you know we won't have Shield next game, uh, he'll be better for the run, and uh, we'll definitely need him in the game, games to come. Yeah, uh, so that leads to our next player, Marty Gleason. Um, we're both a little bit, you know, I wouldn't say disappointed, but you know, like I said, it's more uh, Marty's got to do a lot right to stay in the side and to me like yeah, he's only had two bites of the apple so far but uh let's see how you saw his game i, I was a little bit indifferent to be honest yeah and I, th- I think you're right there like it's like you'd never be disappointed in marty gleason he he shows up for every contest uh he'll never die wondering but it's that lack of confidence he has at the moment where he goes for the double fist as opposed to the marking option um that has sort of hurt us because, you know, if that fist goes to the North player, which we did a couple of times, and they're able to get a goal out of it, it really hurts us as a side. So I think, like, while it is good to see him in the team, we 
we get a lot more well, personally when uh, you know they're willing to be um, a bit more dangerous than the footy. So you know personally, I might see Gleeson out of the side next week and bring in Redmond. Um, you know we'll speak about it later the the scratch match, but I thought Redmond showed real intent. Um, like he looked pissed off. He was he was dropped um, for this game and um, yeah did everything to really stamp his his mark on the footy club to say I'm a best 22 player. I do I deserve to be in the side. So um, yeah, look, I think you know while it might be a a pass mark in terms of like he did he did uh, impact the game. Uh, down back, he was he was solid for us without being outstanding. I think he might find himself on the outside of the the best twenty two when you got blokes like Mason Redman knocking down the door um, that do have a bit more uh, confidence that can take the mark and uh, provide a bit of run out of the back fifty. But yeah, did you have anything more to say on on Marty, mate? Uh just a you know. When we we do these by the numbers, uh, if you ever do need to say something about the players, I just want it very clear. We, we're not out here potting blokes. It's just an observation from ourselves. And, um, you know, as we've seen in the past, now that we've uh, called for Marty to maybe be on the outside of the best 22, he'll probably get votes next week because <laughs> we've been like the kiss of death. But, um, yeah, no, Marty, like I said, he, he's only had two games in the seniors basically um, returning from you know pretty serious injury last year so it will take some time I just uh, you know for me he's the best that Marty Gleeson play, play, uh, plays with is when he's confident and um, yeah he on the night uh, as I said he he likes to have the ball in his hands like he he was a player that we used to get the ball out to a, a fair bit because He's he's not a bad kick of the footy himself, but yeah, he just looks a little bit down on confidence. And to me, um, yeah, that, those scratch matches might be great for him to regain some of that without the pressure of playing in the senior side. And uh, as you said, with Mason Redmond itching for a game, um, that's going to be a decision for the match committee this week. Uh, Dylan Shield, we both mentioned. Uh, had a tough night at the office. Uh, Luke McDonald made it very clear he wasn't going to have an easy night. And as we both discussed, that bump on um, Curtis Taylor, I think it was on that. Curtis Taylor, that was uh, pretty one that the AFL are going to look at. And as I said, through no fault of Dylan's, uh, the Ben Long incident happened the same day. And as I said, I fear for Dylan that the AFL want to come out and make a statement against that. Yeah, but in terms of the game itself, like while uh, Luke McDonald wore him like a glove uh, and made the night difficult for him, uh, he he didn't go away. He kept at the contest, which I thought was really promising. So only had the 12 disposals in the end, um, but made five tackles and had four clearances. So while his impact was definitely stifled, he kept at it. So look, if you look at his overall game, um, yeah, he'd say... He didn't have a great one, but I thought actually in the uh, at the back end of the third quarter and even in the f- even in the fourth, he was actually pretty important for us because as um, 
you know, the North coach, um, Reese Shaw, sort of mentioned North wanted to win the game, so um, Luke McDonald went back to trying to be a, a ball winner for him, and that's where we saw Shield get off the leash a bit. So um, we definitely saw when Shield was able to get at the footy, kept pushing all game. So, yeah, I think uh, definitely better for it. And hopefully, you know, Zach Merritt can take a bit from Shield's game in that, you know, we've seen previously Zach Merritt's struggled with the tag. And, you know, when you're not getting the footy, it can be hard to, to keep pushing. But I thought Shield's positive intent, even when he uh, was getting held pretty tightly, was uh, very promising to see. Yeah, and let's hope Dylan escapes... Uh, penalty for that for that bump because uh, we all know he's had a great start to the season and uh, he's actually you know not that it matters at this stage but he's actually up there in the Brownlow betting at the moment so uh, it'll be a little bit disappointing to see him rubbed out if if that was to go that way but yeah something to worry about before Thursday's show. Uh, so the next player was David Zarakis, and we both mentioned a great return to form for him. Yeah, definitely. Like, kicked three goals too, had 20 disposals. Uh, yeah, what, what more can you say? He definitely played his role well tonight, or uh, well, last night rather. Um, 300 metres gained, so definitely played his role and a welcome return to form. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, again... Really pleased for David. Uh, he must have been feeling the pinch. You know, he's obviously been, uh, you know, criticised in some ways and of not being able to find the ball. And I saw our um, match strate- strategist um, Rod Harding mention during the week that, yeah, you know, this is our ex match strategy guy. Uh, he mentioned that the way where uh, David was playing was. Basically, as a defensive wingman, it's hard to find the the ball on a defensive wingman half forward spot. So, um, like most half forward flankers, you can be in dead man's land where you know it's hard to find the ball. Um, but yeah, you know, I was really pleased David took his opportunities, and as you said in the first quarter, uh, I think within five minutes he'd beaten his possession rate uh, for the whole match last week. So. Um, obviously David came out looking to make an impact and he certainly did that. Absolutely. And speaking of blokes who've uh, felt the pinch previously, mate, uh, so we'll go on to Orazio Fantasia. Yeah, I lo- loved his run on the night. Um, he's really moving well. I think that's the most pleasing thing for me. Uh, yeah, it's a bit, a bit of a surprise that he's playing down back, but I can see why the club had done that. I think they've wanted to take the expectation pressure of, you know, leading the goal kicking away from him. And I've just been really pleased watching him uh, provide run out of that back line. And, you know, he's still got that confidence to, you know, take a bounce in wet, dewy conditions. And, you know, he seems to be moving so much better than last year when they were trying to play him when he had that hip complaint. Uh, so I think he's really... Uh, going to be a good player for us as the the games build on. Yeah, definitely. And he ended up with the 19 disposals, which is, you know, a very good effort, uh, particularly coming off the half-back sort of area. Um, and he really did uh, look dangerous 
Um, when he had a couple of runs there, as you as you mentioned, um, you know, continued to to pressure and harass um, as the as the game went on. So I thought it was a really pleasing game uh, for Raz, and uh, he's definitely uh, developing into the season. So looking forward to him continuing that in the season ahead. Yeah, we've always got the option to throw him forward, so um, it becomes like a double-edged sword where he can provide run down back and then throw him forward and he can become a match winner down there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when they pull the trigger and push him forward again. But at the moment, they seem comfortable leaving him down back. Uh, The next player was uh, Jordan Ridley. He had a great game and uh, you gave him best on and I gave him the second most, oh, second best on. So he obviously had a great game. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we mentioned before, so the 18 disposals down back, you know, plenty of, so he made the, what, seven marks in the end, plenty of those intercept marks. Um, and he's kicking, he's just so, so damaging, just those pinpoint passes. He actually had uh, 420 metres gained in the game as well. So he's just, um, like, while he's stifling the opposition's run forward, he's been damaging for us down the other end, getting us moving forward. And, you know, particularly when he links up with players like Ham or uh, Fantasia or any of these blokes who run up further in the ground, he's um, really um, making his presence felt because I'm sure uh, opposition forward lines are thinking a lot about him and um, not wanting to, to make a blue because they'll know he'll make him pay for it. Um, so that's it's really pleasing to see, and he's just continuing to develop as a as a really solid uh, defender for us. Yeah, I think with Jordan's uh, great form this season, it won't be long before opposition coaches play a defensive forward on him, um, knowing that the Bombers are looking for him, and that's why I think it's important to get a Mason Redmond back into the side, because if they concentrate too much on Ridley. Uh, Redmond's quite a good kick out of the back line. And also, um, you know, Connor McKenna, as we saw, return. Um, you know, you can't put too many defensive forwards on. So, But I think Jordan will definitely cop some attention from the opposition because of his great play at the start of this season. Uh, next player, Jordan, uh, sorry, Jaden Laverde. Sorry about that. I made a mess of that. But, um, yeah, he, uh, he again... Is important from a structure-wise. He'll never be top possession winner. But uh, he kicked that goal on half-time, which is really important. And, uh, yeah, well, how did you see him? Yeah, I really liked his game, actually, James. Because we both thought he'd sort of replace Stringer's role in that forward line for us. And while he did at times, he was actually all around the the ground. Like, I saw him quite a few times off the half-back or the wing area, um, continuing to pressure and harass and he actually seemed to play a bit on um uh Robbie Tarrant um and you know make him accountable for the footy which I thought was really important because Tarrant definitely didn't have a, a massive game for North and we know he can be quite a damaging backman. So uh to get the twelve disposals, kick that goal, yep, missed a missed a couple of other opportunities, but I'm really enjoying that he has the confidence to have those shots. I think it's um, really important because, um, like I'm sure quite a lot of us, I'd rather our players have that shot on goal than 
try to be too cute or not be confident enough to even have a shot and stuff around with it. So I think it's really promising signs for Love that his um, his confidence is building and um, you know to have the three tackles as well, have a clearance um, to throw into the mix. He's definitely showing uh, he can provide a lot of value for us, and I'm looking forward to him hopefully further improving his form and uh, developing uh, into a best 22 player because I think we we all know he's got the talent for it, uh, but now is his, his time to shine. Yeah, injuries have been a nightmare for him, so he'll want to do everything he can to stay in the side, and I think until Danaher or Stewart comes back into the side, he's going to be a stalwart there in terms of playing, you know, almost as a key position forward, even though he's not really built to be that. Uh, but because, yeah, he's he can be a good lead-up player, uh, that's why he'll play there a bit mixing in with Townsend as uh, our other forward other than McKernan. But I think, uh, you know, and this is a little bit away from Jaden, um, that's the one thing the Bombers are really lacking is a, a number one forward, a key position forward, and wouldn't it be great to see Joey back in the side soon? Bloody oaf. Uh, another player who's been captain in the absence of um, Dyson Heppel has been Michael Hurley, and um, he must have had some horrible flashbacks during that game. I remember um, Zerha cannoned into Hurley, uh, was it in the third quarter? Um, and if you can remember back, uh, Zerha was the guy who injured Hurley's shoulder last year, again in the same kind of uh, action where they cannoned into each other. And Hurley came out second best. And I was glad to see when Hurley copped that one. Uh, obviously took the wind out of his sails, but he, he got straight back up. And I was pleased to see there was no long-lasting injury there. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's been such an important player for us. And I think he's actually really relishing the the captain role uh, that he's taken on in, in Hep's absence. Um, so, look, while like he had 16 possessions and... Um, like he's he's still so smart around the ground. Uh, definitely uh, beat his man in the night and um, took some important grabs and just read the ball so well down there. And you can definitely see the value players like you know Ridley or or even like Saad can get from uh, from Hurley's leadership down there because he does structure our backline so well. So uh, another really solid game from from Hurls and um, look Wally's form hasn't been um, you know massive uh, in the opening rounds this season. Uh, he's definitely developing into it and uh, continues to uh, to stand up when we need him. Uh, him and Hooksy are real generals, and you know you can see why they've earned that title because they they just uh, hold so much structure for our backline. And uh, yeah, yeah, Mick Hurley had a good game, and um, yeah, he wasn't playing on a a known forward in terms of Zerha. Like he can kick a few goals, but he wasn't having the pressure of playing on a Ben Brown. And I like the way that he works off and does that. So um, yeah, really, really pleasing that um, Hurley's getting better as the season goes on. Uh, we've spoken about Jacob Townsend's uh, match-winning goal, and also about his couple of misses um but we just love his uh tackling ferocity don't we yeah definitely and 
Like, while if you look at the stat sheet, he, he's not uh, listed as having laid a single tackle on the night. Well, we all know as, as fans having watched the game, he definitely laid a few and, um, you yeah, know, made, made the opposition hurt, um, you yeah, when he uh, when he got the opportunity, so I, I think what again we've sort of mentioned he's not he's never going to be a high possession player, but um, he actually played uh, you know I suppose chopping and changing between Laverde and him throughout the night he actually played our uh, sort of main forward role uh, for a bit of time there and what I liked about it like while he's undersized as that sort of key forward. He just kept at the contest all all game, and um, he brought the ball down on a number of occasions where, you know, whether it was Tipper or it was Dev Smith or you know someone else was able to mop up the ball uh, and and have a shot for us. I thought it was really important. So while he got sort of beaten in the contest, um, he definitely made his presence felt. And as you mentioned earlier, look. To miss those goals, which he'd normally sort of pencil him down for, uh, he didn't drop his head and to kick that one, which ended up being the sealer for us in the last, where it really took the wind out of the sails for North, uh, I thought it was really, really good. So while not an outstanding game on the stat sheet, I, I think he uh, he's definitely showing why we picked him up uh, last year. How do you see his game, mate? Yeah, again, uh, yeah, I love his ferocity at tackling and... Um, I just would have liked him kick those uh, set shot goals that are so important, especially that one thirty meters out. That he's really got to nail those ones. But um, yeah, the match winner was brilliant, and he's obviously a favourite of Truck and Carousella. I, I think they both love him and what he can offer the side. So I think he'll hold his spot um, just with his work rate and also you know being. Usually, one of our better goal kickings, uh, especially from a set shot. So, it was a little bit of a uh, strange one that he missed that one. But apart from that, he's uh, really added something to the Bombers' forward line, especially in the absence of a key forward. So, um, who knows what could happen if later on in the season, in a couple of weeks' time, Jay Danaher is uh, named out of full forward. Uh, that might make a, him even more dangerous because he'll get a lesser defender, you'd imagine. So, yeah, I think he's having a pretty good season, uh, despite not getting a lot of the footy. Who's our next player? <laughs> so next one, we've got uh, Kale Hooker. Um, and, like, again, he, he stood up when we needed him. Didn't have a huge night, but um, I thought he killed Ben Brown. Uh, definitely stifled any influence he might have had. Even if Ben Brown is out of form, I would definitely... Um, say Hooker was important for us and didn't let Ben Brown, you know, get any run on the footy, uh, which is just brilliant. So he ended up with the 10 disposals. Um, he only took the one mark, interestingly enough, but I, th- I thought he was actually bigger than what the what the stat sheets say because uh, he's just so smart around the ground, makes a punch uh, when he needs it. Um, and there was definitely a couple of times in the back line where we, we were getting peppered uh, from north. You know, they just kept coming at us and he stood up each and every time and, um, yeah, linked up uh, with other blokes around the ground to uh, slingshot the ball out. So um, another great game from from Hooksy. How do you see him, Jane? 
Yeah, he played a real key role on Ben Brown. And as we mentioned before, Ben Brown is a player that's really burnt us. Uh, yeah, he's kicked some big bags against us. So obviously the night being wet and dewy uh, helped a little bit, but I still th- thought uh, Hooksy didn't let Ben Brown get any confidence at all. He was uh, breathing on the back of his neck, basically, to stay with him. And the only time Ben Brown could find some space was you know, getting up as high as uh, the middle of the ground, almost like on the wings. And I noticed when he did that, uh, Hooker refused to go with him. So, and that just shows smarts, doesn't it? You know the ball's going to come back. So rather than just be uh, useless standing on the long, on the on the mark, he actually just thought, okay, well you can take the mark up there, but I'll be waiting back here. And whilst he didn't take a lot of marks on the night. He was definitely a deterrent for the North players. And the amount of times North went in to their forward 50 and turned the ball over um, was really one of the main reasons we won that game. And I think it's because our back line holds up so well. And with Hooker, he's uh, one of the leaders back there. Definitely. Yeah, so if we get a look at our next players, we've got Braden Ham. Um, you know, I thought he had quite a good game on the wing um you know had made a number of runs for us we've uh, mentioned earlier that he just continues to run all game actually had you know 358 meters gained uh 13 disposals um another one who, who would have enjoyed to to have kicked that goal he missed but um look not to worry there he made the three tackles so kept kept at it all game and uh, like while not a, a huge game for him, I thought it was great. He made himself involved in the contest all night and uh, yeah, enjoyed his work. How about yourself, mate? How did you read his game? Yeah, I just love the way he keeps running, and you know he's almost like the running man for the Bombers. He, you know, there's not much of him, but he works hard, and yeah, I think we'll find with him because of his tank, he'll hurt a lot of sides, especially in the third and fourth quarters. So uh, if he keeps pushing up and then using that endurance, uh, he's going to hurt a lot of sides with that run that he has. And he's quite a good kick of the footy. Um, you know, he's got, you know, despite his uh, smaller stature, he's actually got a fairly long kick on him too. So, um, you know, he can be the ultimate, you know, 70 metre player where they, you know, run their 15 and, you know, then kick the ball 50 odd down uh, the forward line. So, you know, those players are always valuable. And if you can start to get a lot of those plays down the back end of the game, they can be really important moments. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'd really like to see, like he'd definitely be a beneficiary when we do uh, revert to the 20-minute quarters. Obviously, with the shortened 16-minute quarters, those players who have that stamina and running power aren't able to really put that out on the field because obviously uh, for those more uh, sort of burst players, they're able to stay in the contest for that 16 minutes, whereas that, that extra five minutes extra um, each quarter, while not much on its own, you know, when you're, you're playing two hours of footy as opposed to an hour and a half maybe, it, it really does show towards the end of the game. So I think, yeah, hopefully next year when we're back to full games of um, footy, like the 20-minute quarters, uh, that'll definitely be an area where Braden Ham can, can show his running power and class. Yeah, no, uh, 
really good game for him to uh, again develop into because I think he's going to be um, you know, a, a player that will play a lot of footy for the Bombers in the years ahead. Uh, Andrew Phillips, um, he didn't have his uh, his promising game this week. He he was certainly outpointed by Goldstein, uh, but he his effort was hundred percent there. Uh, and as I said, it, you know he he did take an important mark in the last quarter. You know, nothing came of it, uh, but again that was the things that we need from Bell Chambers when he comes back into the side. He has to learn to take some marks around the ground because um, you know at least Phillips was uh, giving a contest, but. One thing I was critical of Phillips on the night, I just gave away too many free kicks. Um, you know, and it, it kind of stands out. You can see he's dragging his arm over Goldstein's shoulder. Um, he, I really get frustrated. I think Essendon must be one of the worst teams of giving away free kicks in the ruck. You know, our players seem to do it quite often. Um, whether they're there all the time, I'm not sure. But you know, it's something that we have to get better at, and I noticed uh, it was pleasing to hear that Draper played his first game back for the club after that knee injury. Yeah, and he looked good too, uh, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, look, Andy Phillips—he was soundly beaten on the night, but uh, didn't drop his bundle. Um, so as you said, like it's disappointing to see those those frees in the ruck contest. And look, uh, we all love Mark Jamar and. You know, ever than the big Russians uh, given the club, um, but I really hope he can work on the on the craft of some of our blokes because um, giving away those frees, you're just coughing up the footy to the opposition, which which hurts us. But the thing I liked from Phillips, um, look, even though he was soundly beaten, uh, took four marks on the night, so he provided that outlet option, uh, and actually had three clearances. So um, those follow up. Axe, even after the uh, ruck contest, um, really important, shows his endeavour. And I think, like while you said, um, like and both of us agreed that um, Bell Chambers probably would have been the better matchup against Goldstein on the night, it's actually good that we've thought a bit longer term um, because, you know, if we'd have chopped and changed and put Bell Chambers in this week and then Phillips back in next week, uh, Phillips would have been a bit rusty, so it's good to have that continuity, which I think will be great for Phillips when he goes up against English, who can get around the ball um, quite a lot. So definitely good that we kept him in the side, and I think he'll be definitely better for the run. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next player to discuss is... Will Snelling. So, um, yeah, the... Little Master is, um, you know, he continues to harass and um, and play his role. So racked up the 15 disposals. Wasn't overly damaging, but but we did see some really nice kicks from him, particularly um, on the wing there and going forward. And um, he actually got the th- three clearances. So, um, you know, he, I know he does like to play a bit midfield. That's certainly um, where he played his, his footy in. In the sample, I think it was, but um, look, he uh, kept at it all game. Um, you know, laid the eight tackles, which is which is just excellent. Um, he he's definitely 
one that has taken his AFL opportunity with both hands. He's not going to let this slip. And look, while he hasn't had outstanding game, um, he's showing that. Look, I'm I'm putting everything on the line uh, for this chance. So I think a a solid game uh, for Snelling. But how do you see it, mate? Yeah, he he can be. Uh... A player that you don't see on the ground that often in terms of like he flashes up on the screen and so forth. So one of the things about not being at the games live is you don't see the work rate of the players off screen. And I'm sure he would be working very hard. Um, yeah, so he he continued uh, to provide those harassment. Like we've got a few terriers in the side and he's one of them. And um, he's quite a clean kick. He... Obviously, we mentioned he, he missed that goal. We would have thought he would have kicked in the second, I think it was. But I was I was pleasing to see him kick that one in the third, you know. that was really important because North were only a goal behind. And um, Will got the goal and, you know, kind of detoned their attack on us. So I feel uh, Will Snelling's a you know, very valuable player. I can see why he keeps getting selected. But uh, as we'll talk about later, uh, even players like Will Snelling, they really have to keep improving as the season goes on because there's a young fellow named Ned Carl who looks like he uh, is itching for a game, and I think he kicked five in the scratch match. So we'll discuss that shortly. But um, these little players, they're going to have to keep their form because we've so many good players to come back into the side. Um yeah, you wonder who's the, whose expense is that going to be at. So, um, yeah, I feel, feel like Will will definitely hold his spot again. He Again, he had a pretty good game on the night. And uh, he's, him and uh, Tipper and Townsend and Devin Smith, they're forming a really effective uh, chasing, harassing forward line for us that's keeping the ball in. Uh, the next player is Adam Saad, and he was brilliant again on the night, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Like racked up twenty-one disposals. Um, yeah, laid a couple of tackles, had a clearance as well. Four hundred and sixty-eight meters gained for us, which was uh, just huge. So that run and carry he provides us coming out of halfback through the middle of the ground, and then pumping it inside fifty uh, is just so important for us. So another. Fantastic game from Sardi. And um, yeah, what what more can you say? But Mr. Dependable has just been great for us. How do you see his game, Jane? Yeah, no, brilliant. There's not much more to say about him. He, you know, he's again, Essendon Football Club, please do whatever you can to sign this guy. Um, you know, I know at the moment uh, the last report we had was we're a long way apart. I think if uh, he's playing for a contract, he deserves one. So uh, let's hope the club gets that done um, when contracts can be signed again because I think they're off the table still at the moment. But, um, yeah, later on in the year, I'd love to read Adam Saad signs long-term deal with Bombers. So let's hope that's the case. A player that I nearly gave votes to, I thought he had one of his better games for the year, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, um, so important. And just in some moments like that, handball over the shoulder to Dylan Shield, just brilliant to watch. And, uh, you know, he really tackled hard and, you know, kicked that goal where he's, he 
the North player had given up on the ball and he just ran in behind and picked it up and said, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, he had a really good game. And that's actually one thing I've really enjoyed seeing over the course of the season. So one sort of knock we've had on Tippo is that while he can be so electric and uh, can be so good around the, the footy, he has gone out of the game at times. So we might see him for 15 minutes here and there and then we won't see him for a while. But I thought like this whole season, he's always stayed in the contest and whether it's tackling pressure, whether it's uh, getting into the contest or, um, you know, kicking goals, he's um, kept at the contest all game and this was another uh, game that demonstrated that. I only got the one goal um, and I thought he was a bit uh, a bit too unselfish uh, at times. So, he, you know, he handed off opportunities to Zaharakis and Laverde, uh, I think it was, uh, they missed those goals. I would have really liked to see Tipper have a ping for him because, um, yeah, you definitely, I, f- I feel pretty confident when Tipper's having a shot at goal. He's so lethal. So it would have been great to see him kick a few on north. But look, to end up with 14 disposals, uh, three tackles and a goal uh, coming from a small forward, I thought it was, was really good. So another solid game from Tipper. Anything more you've got to add, mate? Uh, just to say that he looks a lot fitter this year. Uh, I think feel like he's must have worked on that area of his game. Uh, not that he was ever terribly unfit, but I mean, he just seems to be running so much better, especially in the last quarters. And um, yeah, I think again that'll pay dividends as the season goes on. So a good game by Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, and I agree with you. A couple of times he could have snapped himself, and he. He did the unselfish thing, um, and I, I, like I said, I think the tipper that excites us is the guy who goes for his goals, and um, obviously he's trying to be a team player, and I did uh, notice after the game he was interviewed, and one of the things he said that stuck to my mind was that you know, the club and its players have never been so close in his time, and um, yeah, I thought yeah, David Zarakis mentioned that as well, um, you know, it's a long time in footy uh, for these guys to be saying that. There must be a real good feel around the club. So, um, and it's blokes like Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, who you imagine would be making the club closer as well because he's he's got that big smile and, you know, almost like a welcoming uh, member of the team in terms of, you know, he'd, he'd be a player you'd like to hang around with. So I imagine that, makes the group tighter when you have people that you want to spend your time with and he, he mentioned he doesn't play golf but they'll be going to golf to learn more about you know his teammates and I thought that was really you know insightful mm, definitely a uh, player that didn't have a big night and you know he he hasn't had uh too many big nights for us this year but he's got to keep his spot basically because we've got no other key forwards and that's Sean McKernan yeah, um, again, down on the night. But look, in in his defence, um, it is hard when you're supposed to be the, the biggest marking option, but because we're often getting beaten at run con- ruck contests or we're getting stretched for height around the ground, you know, given we've got a very small forward line, um, he hasn't been able to sort of stay as that key forward, he's often chucked into right contests or 
um, try and provide a uh, sort of marking option around the ground um, when we're coming out of our back line. So it's um, difficult for, for Smack, I think. But one thing I have uh, liked about his game is, again, look, while he's not getting a lot of the footy, he hasn't kicked a lot of goals, um, but he is staying in the contest. And um, yeah, he's made a couple of con- uh, tackles on the night, uh, a couple of clearances, under the nine disposals and uh, three marks. So he didn't drop his bundle and just go completely out of the game. He's still providing an option uh, throughout the entirety of the match, which is is promising. So, like he'll he'll continue to develop into the season. I've got no doubt about that. Um, he's he can be really damaging for us. So, when he does find that form, uh, it'll just be great to see. So, look better for the run, uh, but just uh, not his night. How about yourself, mate? How do you see him? Yeah, no, he he just like I said, he's struggled to. Um, have an impact throughout whole games, and that's been probably the thing that's prevented him from being a, a top liner over the course of his career. Is that um, he he can do the brilliant, but then fades out. And I think um, you know, again, would have loved for him to kick that goal as you said, the one that he had, you know, to uh, from a set shot, uh, because. Yeah, he, his kicking can be quite good at times, especially long range. Uh, but, yeah, for Sean, I'm going to give him some out in terms of, you know, it was a wet, dewy night. The ball wouldn't have been easy to clunk. Uh, he did take a nice couple of marks there. But, yeah, I think for him, uh, he'll be looking for better conditions. And I notice we go out to the Gabba next week, and I think that, that's known to be a bit more friendlier for the talls rather than uh, Metricon, who's who's known to have a quite a um a wet surface, especially as the uh, night grows on. Uh, welcome addition back was Connor McKenna, and you know it was pleasing to see he hasn't lost any of his uh, bravery of taking the game on. Yeah, definitely. He uh, yeah racked up the eighteen disposals and uh, took a couple of bounces, which was nice to see and. Made the four tackles, so he made his presence felt. Um, so, yeah, I thought a really solid game from, from Connor and great to see him back. And I'm really looking forward to him, uh, you know, developing more into the season and really, um, you know, providing that run and carry, which we just love him for. So, yep, solid game from mine for Connor. How'd you see it, mate? Yeah, I thought he just got better and better as the game went on. And, yeah, he's going to be a welcome addition to the to the team. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to him and Sadi linking up like they always have. And, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, Connor's going to really be a player that we can enjoy watching as the season builds. And lastly, uh, Mitch Hibbard. Now, he made a couple of mistakes on the night. Obviously, you know, only second game for the Bombers, but... Uh, that drop mark comes to mind, you know, you know, especially it's one thing to drop the mark, but going to ground also, that was very, could have been very costly. Uh, thankfully, he got out of jail on that one, but he racked up a fair bit of the amount of the ball, didn't he? Yeah, definitely racked up 90 disposals, which I, I must admit I was pretty surprised at. Um, I, I did see him around the contest and um, he was definitely throwing his body around. But um, yeah, to see him actually get the 19 disposals um, 
yeah, I suppose is a a bit um, is it is actually a positive sign because while he had a couple of howlers and um, yeah, definitely had had some opportunities, he he might want to relive and um, uh, you know think about. But um, look, he kept at the contest all game. Another promising thing for Hibbard is that he made five tackles throughout the night, had a clearance, and actually did look strong around some of the contests. But I think it's just that thing of you know we've we've brought him in um, as a rookie to sort of as a bigger bodied um, mid that can help our side. So I think he's um, not quite confident uh, at the AFL level as yet. Uh, but I think once he does get his confidence. Uh, I think he does look like a bit of a player. And I think especially with our midfield obviously not being uh, huge, uh, obviously Hep's our probably biggest bodied mid and he's out for a while. Uh, looks like we'll probably miss Dylan Shield next week. So while he did have a couple of howlers, um, he'll probably keep his spot in the side for mine just because he is that bigger bodied mid and can provide that hardness at the contest, which we sorely need in there. But um, how do you see his game, Jane? Yeah, I was, I was a bit surprised with that 19 possessions. Um, but, like, obviously you notice his uh, bigger frame out there and he, he seems quite assured um, picking up the ball and so forth. He, he nearly kicked a nice goal um, and he hit the back of the post, I think. Um, yeah, otherwise it was, you know, it really looked like a classy goal almost. But um, yeah, look, yeah, you know, I don't know what to expect of him. I, I think um, if Dylan Shields rubbed out, um, you know, they may they may need to have an additional midfielder. So he he might he might be one that they throw into the midfield just to have that bigger frame uh, competing for clearance. Um, but yeah. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure where he fits within the side, like um, depending on the makeup of the team. So he's obviously done pretty well in his first couple of weeks as a bomber, but um, you know you'd be thinking that he's one of the players that'll be striving to hold on to his spot in the best twenty-two. Well, that's by the numbers, and after the break, we'll discuss from long range our predictions for the side for next week. You're listening to Don's Cast, and to finish the show, we do our long-range predictions of the team to be named on Thursday. And, uh, mate, I might start with you. Do you have many changes for this week? Yeah, I think, well, one thing that I suppose a lot of commentators have been saying, but especially John Worsfold, is they don't want to upset the balance of the side, you know, with too many ins and outs uh, in the one week or even a, a period of game. So I don't think there'll be... A lot of changes, uh, but I did want to comment just briefly on uh, that scratch match. We we saw the highlights of it, at least um, that happened before the North game. Um, so a few players that really stood out to me that were really knocking down the door, um, you know, saying "pick me, pick me." Um, the big one was Mason Redman. Um, so I thought the the way he seemed to attack the footy and get around the ground and uh, tackle. He definitely looked um, like pretty fiery and would have been really disappointed to have been dropped uh, from the best 22. 
and really showed that he's a he's a class player who uh, deserves to be playing AFL footy. So he's one that I reckon will find his way back into the side. Um, other players that um, I took note of were were Mozzie. He definitely looks a lot bigger. I mean, we we saw he was um, like pretty lightning quick and um, but he's quietly quite slightly framed. Um, really, so he looks a lot bigger, a lot stronger around the contest, but actually looks fitter as well. And that he was able to provide a bit more run, seemed to be able to uh, get around the contest more. So he was looking good. Um, and Ned Carl, as he mentioned, so he kicked five goals. And that's you know, from the three scratch matches he's played, that's 11 goals, like <laughs> for a small forward. Um, he's obviously accumulating um, a lot of the pill and. Uh, kicking a few goals, and he just looks such a smart player. And for um, a bloke of his age as well, he actually looks really solid. So he's definitely knocking down the door saying, I'm I'm up to it. I can play AFL footy, um, you know, when called upon. And um, look, while it's early days um, after having a long-term injury, I thought Draper looked awesome. <laughs> he took a couple of really strong grabs, uh, kicked a goal or so, and looked really big. So, um, yeah, there's some highlights I picked out of watching the highlights of the the uh, scratch match. So in terms of my ins and outs, look, I, I think Sheil will definitely miss at least one, uh, which is obviously a blow for us in the midfield because he has been so important for us. And look, it'd be a real shame because I reckon he was uh, polling quite well in terms of the Brownlow voting. So I see him missing this game. Um, But I think in terms of him, it won't be a like-for-like replacement. I think we'll actually bring Hibbert out of the back line into the centre because he is bigger-bodied. can play that midfield role. So I think we'll actually, it'll just be a, a reposition of Hibbard from the back line to the, to the midfield to help pick up some of the slack that, that Shiel, um will miss from him. So I think the actual player coming in for Shield's absence will be Redmond, um, who can provide that run at a halfback and be a lot more solid for us. Like obviously he would try his best, but probably not a role he's hundred percent suited to. So I see Redman in for Shield. The other player I see coming in is Aaron Francis. I thought he looked quite gal- quite good in the in the scratch match, um, and we know how how good he can be for us. And so I'd probably see Marty Gleeson stepping out of the side uh, to make way for Francis. Again, not having a pot shot at Gleeson. Uh, he was solid for us, but I think he actually needs to depend, uh, to develop his confidence a lot more at the footy. Uh, but I don't see anyone else um, coming in at this stage. Like, yes, Ned Carl is, is knocking down the door and, and showing his, his value in the scratchies, but I can't see any of the smaller forwards. Um, so if you go through them, you know, Devin Smith, uh, Snelling, Tipper, like these sorts of guys, I don't see them making way for an Ed Carl because they are playing quite good roles for us. Uh, but what about yourself, James? Do you what what changes do you see? Yeah, well, I've made the three changes, and um, again, a couple of the players are pretty stiff. But yeah, I've dropped Marty Gleeson, and I 
brought in Mason Redmond, you know, like for like there. The other change I've made is I'm anticipating just through the media that Dylan Shield might be in a bit of trouble. So I think uh, Dylan might be out and uh, again, not like for like here this time. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. Aaron Francis will be the man that comes in. So I don't think they want to have Aaron missing too much football. So I think Aaron comes in. And my last one, I think the club might roll the dice on Ned Carl and um, and, and select him. And I think the man that might miss out is uh, Hibbard. So again, it'd be very stiff. He had 19 possessions on the night. But, um, you know, the only question will be is if Shield does miss, who picks up those minutes? And we saw Darcy Parrish was right up to the task on the night. So he could definitely come in. And I still feel Will Snelling can play a little bit in the guts as well. So, again, it's going to be a tough one for selectors. And the other question I have, and I don't know if it'll come to this, but they don't like to leave senior players out for too long. When I say senior players, you're elder statesmen. And I know Bell Chambers will be itching for a game, um, you know, thinking that he's the number one ruckman for the Bombers. But um, I really hope they don't pull the trigger on that because Tim English should be the last player you'd want Bell Chambers to be running around on. So, um, yeah, for me, I think uh, those just those three changes I mentioned. Uh and it'll be interesting to see how close we are. Yeah, and actually with Bell Chambers, one thing I did notice from watching the highlights, and again, it's it's just the highlights, so you don't know what played out throughout the whole game, uh, but Bell Chambers did take a few marks around the ground, seemed to stretch his opponent a bit, kicked a couple of goals up forward, which we know he's, he's done well for us previously, but uh, yeah, you're right. I, I wouldn't like to see Bell Chambers go against English because I think he will, like English will really show him up around the ground so yeah it'll be interesting to see how we go and look let's um let's just hope that the uh list remains fit and um we go out with the best available 22 yeah and obviously the most important thing for us early in the week is going to be let's hope dylan Sheel escapes suspension um as i said the narrative is that everyone wants to get him rubbed out so we'll see if the AFL buckles to that. And just on that, it's funny, isn't it? Gary Rowan got away with one earlier in the week. Um, you know, that was decided not to be, um, you know, suspendable. So it'll be interesting to see if, um, you know, the same thing happens to Dylan or if Dylan has to bite the bullet and wear a suspension. Well, that's Don's cast for another week. Uh, yeah, episode 11 already. So um, we're still enjoying doing this, mate. So... Let's uh, hope that our listeners are enjoying listening to it. And till then, let's say go Bombers. Yep, thanks to all your listeners out there. And let's hope, you know, like the Bombers, we just keep improving as the season rolls on. So go Dons. <laughs>